right, guys, this is Hank Strange. I am live here on the air with um, Big Daddy Guns. We're in the studio here. Um, today, I want to talk about something that's really, to me, very unpleasant um, and painful. Not, you know, not something that I thought that I would be here talking to people about in 2017. And uh, basically, it's the uh, Philando Castile shooting. And the fact that the officer that murdered him was found not guilty. And, um, you know, I want to talk about this. Uh, we're calling this license to kill and police officers killing the citizens or murdering the citizens that they were hired to protect and serve with impunity. And why is this still happening in this day and age in America? And what can we do about it? And that's what I'm here to talk about to you guys about. I'm probably going to be here on my own. I think, you know, that's that's what I've been saying, that I would be here on my own talking about this. Um, I, we may we may get someone jumping in, but I find that a lot of people in the gun community, it seems, don't really want to have this conversation. And I think I understand why. Right. You know, there's lots of gun guys that are police officers. There's lots of us who have friends, loved ones, um, you know, family members who are police officers and who are serving. And maybe we feel like you know, we don't want to attack them. Their 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 life, their job is already tough enough. And I get that. I'm, I'm one of those people. I have people that I love, that I care about. I even have family members that are in law enforcement. So it's kind of a tough thing, but I think we have to have this conversation at some point. We have to have it. It's 2017. We have all this technology, yet we we live in the darkness and we're afraid. We're afraid to have this conversation. And with Philando Castile in particular, this was a gun guy. This was a guy who was legally licensed to carry a firearm. You know, this was a guy that was pulled over and it was obvious that there were other people in the vehicle with him. There was a woman and there was a child and he was being respectful and he did something that he didn't have to do. He did not have to notify the, this police officer that he was armed, but he did it. And and this is something that comes up in, in conversation a lot of times with gun guys um, that, uh, you know, should you notify police officers that you are armed, right? So, um, you know, I, uh, Hold on a second here. Lola's telling me that I might not be live. Let's go. Let's go back here. Um, you know, uh, let me go back here. Hold on one second. Let me make sure that I am live. I might not be live. Let's see what's going on. Um, wait. Okay. I did not make this video live. Okay, let's make it. Let's make it live right now. Okay. Um, there we go. It should be live. Let me know. It's it's gonna just it's just gonna catch up, Lola. Okay. So, um, all right. So let me, let me pick up there from from where I left left off. It should this should be streaming right now for anyone who is out there wondering. Um, I'm getting I'm getting some text already that Hank Strange, you're not live. Get your act together and go live. Okay. So. Yeah, we're live now. So what I was saying is that, you know, we have this conversation in the gun community all the time. I remember when I first got in, uh, when I got my CCW, I was trained by a former police officer. And we had this conversation of whether or not 
it was whether or not we had to say that we were armed and and if we should say that we that we were armed right and he advised me to say yeah you know as a as a former police officer it would make me feel more comfortable to know that you were armed so go ahead and do that and obviously a lot of folks out there who watch my channel know that i've um had a situation that that was actually recorded on video i've had many situations where i've been pulled over in the past but since i became like a public gun guy out there um i i had a um i had a situation where i was pulled over i was armed and you know i almost went for for, for my hip to uh you know because the police officer said are you armed and where and i just it was an instinctive thing and i stopped and he said hey don't don't reach for anything and, you know, we worked out this, that situation. I survived it. But, you know, this is one of the, the questions that we have out there. Okay, so I have my friend Beard Almighty, my friend Mark, my brother. He's joined. Mark, welcome. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Um, uh, thanks for coming in. I, I figured that a lot of people wouldn't want to jump in on this with me. You know, this is probably going to be a little bit controversial. I'm not scared. I got you back. All right, cool, man. Thanks. So, um, do you have something that you want to say on this before you know? Because obviously, I could I could talk. So, do you have something you want to add before I go forward? Just here, just here to show you support. All right, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. Okay, so you know, I, I'm pretty sure that everyone out there knows about this situation at, at this point of what happened with Philando Castile. I mean, we we all saw this. It was like you know, I mean, viral video on Facebook because when he was pulled over and when he was shot seven times after, I mean, let me go through it, you know, so the police officer that pulled him over, there was a robbery a few days prior to this. And the police officer says that he looked like the suspect in that case from a few days ago. So he pulled him over. And when he was pulled over, it, you know, he had other people in the vehicle with him, a woman and a child. And he, you know, he said, I am, I am armed. I'm legally armed. You know, I have a, a license for the firearm I'm carrying and uh, the police officer, I guess, wanted him to show it to him. And in the process of that happening, when he, you know, he was being really polite in the process of this happening, he was shot seven times. Now, the video that we have didn't show all of this. It started after he was shot and his girlfriend was, you know, started this live Facebook video that we all saw. And it was the most surreal thing I've ever seen in my life. Prosecutors looking at this case um, thought it was so egregious that they decided to prosecute this police officer. I mean, that that doesn't even happen that often. So in a case like this, where the where the where the prosecutors decide to do something about it, says that this was really bad. And so people got hope that maybe something would happen here. The problem is this has happened time and time again in in our history in our recent history and um you know nothing is done about it this is what happened here the same case nothing's done about it and here this was a good guy this was one of our guys you know people i'm kind of like you know i i saw and i got reports from folks out there that there were a few blogs that mentioned that the police officer was found not guilty. No one wants to make a statement on this, I think, in the gun world because it's a sensitive subject 
to go after police officers. It's not it's not really my intention to go after them. I just think that we're, we're living in a day and age that we have all this technology. You know, we have this ability to communicate with each other. We can do something different. We can fix this situation um, if we really try. OK, I really don't think we can, though. Okay. Sorry for both. No, that's okay. Okay, so my my friend Derek Gray, fifty percent tactical, is joined. Go ahead, Derek. Say what you have to say, man. Like when it first happened, the Flandreau Castile shooting, you know, saw it on Facebook. It was it was terrible, and nobody saw the cop, and they automatically assumed the guy was white. Then a couple a couple of days later, it came out that he was supposedly Asian. Well, now we we know that he was uh, Hispanic. Um, I think Philando Castile made bad decisions that ended up leading to his death. And the cop was also to blame. Like he's, uh, what would you say? Um, he was too quick to get on the gun and pull the trigger. So you think you're saying it was a perfect storm, which is often what happens when we get into these kind of things. Yeah, I think there's fault on Flando's side. There's fault on, on the officer's side. Now, of course, Flando paid the ultimate price for, you know, the mistakes culminating together and becoming what it what it did. But I, th I think I don't I, I think that there's more facts that us as the public don't know because we weren't at the trial. Now the jury, they know the facts that were, that were presented by both sides uh, and they chose to find them not guilty. Right, uh, now I, I've gotten um, reports that there were people that, were, that sat on this jury that said that they would never convict a police officer. You know, I mean. And, and they're, 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 the way jury selection works is the two lawyers from each side, they sit down and they go, they, they interview each jury, each juror. Right. Right. And the, you know, the defense want to, uh, want to, uh, get jurors that never will never convict a cop. And the, the, uh, prosecution side will want to pick the jurors that will, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, but and I mean, all it takes is for one person to sneak in there. So even for the prosecutor, if he says, well, we don't want any, um, we, we don't want someone sitting on this jury that would never convict a cop. You know, I mean, someone can still sneak in there and, and uh, you know, in their mind, in their heart, they know they will never convict a police officer. And all it takes is that one person. And then for the other jurors to decide, yeah, well, if this one guy is not going to shift, we've got to come to a decision here. I mean, this is a totally different subject and I honestly don't care about it. But look at the what's happening with Bill Cosby. You know, that that was declared a mistrial. That's obviously not what happened here. Um, you know, this officer was found uh, not guilty. And that's commonly I, I can't I, I'm trying to think back if if anyone if any police officer was actually found guilty for doing something like this. And I can't. So I'm pretty sure that there have been quite a few police officers that have been uh, charged with and found guilty of, of doing things in the wrong. Uh, it's just not reported Right. No, you know, I didn't. Every time it happens. Right. I'm not saying things in the wrong. I'm talking about murdering citizens. I mean, the point that we have to make, first of all, one of the things I mean, it's like I don't even really want to say citizens because police officers are technically citizens. 
They're yeah. not military. They don't have like, um, you know, they, they, they really are not in that category. They're citizens that that um, communities hire these people to protect and serve them. You know, now, do they have some kind of indemnity? I think so. I think that police officers have some kind of indemnity. Um, it's built into the law and all that kind of stuff. I get that. But there there has to be a point where, you know, this indemnity doesn't just, you know, isn't a blank check to just kill people. And it's not the only it's not the only time it's happened. I think I think it's very, very difficult to a lot of things without walking a little bit in their shoes. You know, if you look at the statistics for how many of them didn't draw and tried to talk someone down and then they did get shot. I mean, we've all seen the the state trooper that tried to get the, the guy to drop the rifle over and over and over again. He didn't shoot. Then he paid the ultimate price. You know, when you look at some of these um, uh, media members that that go and do the uh, shoot or no shoot simulations, uh, you know, they're sweating, they're nervous, they can't believe how quickly they have to make a life and death decision between their life and someone else's life. And I think it's very difficult unless you've walked in their shoes to understand. I'm not saying that that excuses this particular instance, but I think we always need to remember that our natural evolutionary response is going to be to defend ourselves first. And that is extremely, extremely difficult to overcome in this type of fight or flight situation. You can have all the training and obviously we need more training. They need bigger budgets for more training. We obviously need cameras on every officer, all of that I'm all on board for. But if you've never been in a situation where your lizard brain evolution takes over you know it's hard to 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 understand exactly what was going through not just in this instance but in all the instances the justified ones the non-justified ones the ones that don't end in tragedy the ones that do so i just think we need to keep that in perspective as well and i would encourage any of your listeners gun guys not gun guys anybody to go and do a shoot no shoot scenario and then think about this a little bit. I think you'll have an entirely different perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point. You know, you're, you're making a good point here, but here's, here's another good point. When you become a police officer, aren't you taking on this danger? Aren't you, you know, going with eyes wide open into this danger? Isn't this part of the job? If you're a firefighter, you know that you're gonna go into burning buildings. If you're a police officer, you know that you're gonna be facing these kinds of dangers. And yes, it's true. Once as human beings, when we get there, some kind of instinct might kick in, something something may be. If, if this is the case, then this means that, you know, we are giving a blank check for to police officers to kill people. But look at how, look at how the, the whole, um, the whole incident pretty much came about. He was pulled over for whatever reasons. And what's the first thing that you do when you're pulled over? For whatever you're pulled over for. Right, you, well, the first thing I do is I get scared shitless. 
<laughs> you don't pull out your, you don't, you don't immediately get your. Right. No, you're right. Face. Yes, you're right. You know, no, absolutely. You're right. He, but if, but if I get pulled over, the first thing that I do is I get scared. You see, the, the reaction that you have is, is a lot based on who you are, because I have friends of a certain color persuasion that the first thing that happens in their mind when they get pulled over is like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Why am I getting pulled over? They might get mad. But me personally, the first thing I do when I get pulled over, and you can see it in the video where I got pulled over, I was scared shitless, especially when the the sheriff told me, get out of the car. I was like, oh, shit. And I think this is a perfect perspective because all of you have, both of you have a different answer than my answer. I don't reach for my driver's license. I don't reach for my, I don't do anything. If I get pulled over, I immediately, as safe as possible, get to the side of the road, and then I immediately put both of my elbows on the steering wheel and raise my hands up until he gets there. Then when he asks for my driver's license, I'll go after it. So I think this is a perfect well, my, my dad, example. Oh, sorry. My dad, my dad was a police officer, a sheriff deputy. Uh, he, he was an MP in the military, and, and when I became of driving age, he started going through the things that I, do, I should do when I get pulled over. And growing up in Milwaukee, in the area that we were living at was predominantly white. And so me and my dad were the only people of color around. Um, he taught me how to react to police when they pulled me over because he knew that they were going to. And they did. Yeah. And now as an adult with a concealed carry um, license, when I get pulled over, I get... <laughs> I wouldn't say I get scared or I get mad. I just, I get anxious because I don't want to pay a ticket pretty much. <laughs> and the first thing I do is I, I, as soon as I pull over, I get my driver's license, my concealed carry license, my insurance, my uh, registration, and I hold them in my only hand that I got now. And I hold them out of the window. I was reaching for what I got. And when they come to the car, they can tell me whatever they want to do. And I ask them, how do they want me to proceed? And then I follow the directions that the officer gives me. Now, when he, when the officer in Philando's case got to the car, he told him that he was carrying, but he didn't have anything ready for the officer. I think that getting all that stuff ready, if you're carrying at that moment when you get pulled over, I think it's almost best that you already have your stuff in your hand so that when the cop is there at the, at the driver's or the passenger side door, whatever side they go to, they're not worried about the movements that you make because you don't have to make any. Right. You already have the stuff in your hand. I I have a completely different perspective. I don't want them walking up on the car. While you're taking stuff out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I let their imagination run wild about what it is I'm looking for. If I make no movements other than to show both of my hands, which is what puts them in danger, uh, then I feel like at that point, once they ask me to do something, I can do it slowly and I can comply without their imagination running wild. And I've got a little bit of a background in law enforcement. My family's been in law enforcement. And there's, you know, there's no wrong answer to any of this. It's basically just all opinion. But I know I don't want that guy's imagination running wild because I have no idea if two days ago he pulled somebody over that did pull a gun on it. Yeah, you yeah. make a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that's I think really I point. think both of you guys are making good points. And um, one of the comments that's coming in already is someone said, like, what did this guy do wrong? And 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 what I'm saying is like, you know, 
I, I, I agree that we should have some kind of training on what to do. Here's the problem we have in America, right? There's 50 states. But you know, if he, if all, he got if he got his concealed carry laws in 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 the oh I don't I don't know about where he where was he from Washington or something or no Minnesota yeah that's I don't know what the what the classes are like in Minnesota but I know at least in Tennessee and a lot of states they go they specifically go over what you should do when you're pulled over yeah. by a police but officer it's, but it's di- I I honestly think that it's different like when I got pulled over. I was, you know, I've been I've been pulled over lots of times before. I grew up in New York City. I've been actually harassed. I've honestly been robbed by police officers at gunpoint in my life. So, um, you know, I've been through all these things. And when I got pulled over, I went through that CCW class. And, and I remember it ran through my mind where, you know, uh, my friend, like I said, who is a former police officer, told me, you know, definitely uh, say that you are carrying and, you know, keep your hands on the steering wheel and all that kind of stuff. And I, I was ready to do that. And then these guys, they operate differently. Uh, and I'm going to talk about this later. One of the problems is we have all these different kinds of police departments, you know, in a state, in a in an area. In Gainesville, we've got like five. So, you know, they operate differently. And they said the guy said, get out of the car. So that right away threw me off. And then when he said, get out of the car, then he started giving me all these commands at the same time. You know, yeah, that would that would that would, that would really you know, bothered me too. If I've never been told to get out of the car by a police officer before. And if that happened, I would get a little unnerved, like, because my mind would be racing. So you know, like, yeah. what's, what's well, about to happen? Right. And that's the policy. And look, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I, my local sheriff's department, because these guys weren't my local sheriff's department. Um, they were there at the sheriff's department of a county that I had to drive through. My local sheriff's department, the, my sheriff told me that him and his wife who was a deputy and he's the sheriff, they had the same problem. They were pulled over by the same, by the same people. And, um, you know, they went through the, all of the same stuff. And even though they had their badges, they didn't give a crap. You know, they still kept going. So, I mean, you just, it's like, it's, it's a difficult thing to train the people, train the police officers, train the citizens. Um, I don't know if that really works in in, in this, in America, the way everything is here. But see, when it comes to police officers, there's the, the police officers that join the police force to do good. And there are those guys that join the police o- police force to uh, enact their their bully side. Maybe they weren't treated so well in high school or whatever. And right. they become that bully. They, they, they like the power they get when they get that gun. It's like a lot of guys that join the military. They join the military to get a chance to shoot somebody. Right. To be honest, it's sad that there are those people that exist. So now someone made this comment, and we should comment on this probably before we go forward. Someone said that Philando was a passenger. Why did he need to pull out his ID? He wasn't a passenger. That was the uh, selfie camera on her cell phone that made it look look flipped. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So good answer. (laughs) Because I know when I I was just recently looking at the video and it looked like it was on the other side. So – yeah, it almost looked like it was a left hand or uh, a right hand drive car. I was like, what kind of yeah. car are they driving? This right hand drive. Then I realized, oh, it must be the other selfie camera that she's using that flips the image. Right. And then so another comment that I'm going to go to um, uh, Jay Tom wants to know, why should we submit and surrender to law enforcement? Because they have guns. Yeah. Any, you, yeah you, you want to take this, Mark? You don't have to. Yeah, you absolutely do not have to. But you will pay the price if you don't. You, you have to make a decision. And, you know, 
Hank, you and I have talked about this a thousand times. Do whatever it is short of killing you that they're going to do, get out of the situation and then we'll handle it later. We'll get an attorney. We'll get to the media. If, if you were treated in an unfair, unjust way, then is to get home to your family. Not the, you know, hey, I'm a big, tough fucker and you're not going to exactly. push me around. And I know my rights. Yeah, well, you also know the, the, you know, that hot shit coming out of the end of that gun. It doesn't give a fuck about your rights. Right. And it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what I was thinking when I got pulled over. You know, um, my, my kids were home uh, by themselves. They're teenage boys. Lola wasn't there, but you know, I was thinking, I, I don't, I'm, I don't want to go home in a box. I was thinking what my dad told me when I grew up in New York city, you know, he always told me, don't come home in a box, come, come back here alive. And so in that situation, that's what I was thinking about. And the funny thing is, is that when I went through all of that, these guys had my hand. If you look at that video, they had my hands on their running vehicle. It was like about four vehicles pulled up and like seven, seven of them in the beginning. And then it reduced down to three and they all had body armor and stuff like that. And they, and they said to me, well, we don't feel the guy who was running all of it that, that you mainly see in the video. Um, in the video, you see another guy standing next to me. That guy was actually from New York and crazy. He was actually cool. But the guy that was running everything said, I don't feel comfortable with you being armed while we do this. And I was like, I, I don't understand that. You guys have body armor. It's more of you. I don't feel comfortable. And they still disarmed me. And that wound up being against their policy. There were a lot of things they did in that case. So it was against the policy. But I complied. And in the end, I went home. And then um, a friend of mine who it, who was uh, a sergeant in that same a department, sheriff's department, he's the one who told me that I could get that video and who encouraged me to put it out there. So I just want people to know this. Like, you know, I honestly really don't look at police officers as being the enemy, but I think that if we're quiet and we don't talk about this, we're not going to move forward, you know? Um, so here's what I want to do. Um, let's see. So, well, someone, someone's asking this question. I think, um, we should probably talk about this before we move forward here. Where has the NRA been on this? And, and, you know, what's the position of the NRA? Anyone have an answer to that? I, you know, I don't speak for the NRA, but I guarantee you they're not interested in covering this. They don't want to lose the support of all the FOPs, all the sheriff's departments, uh, you know, they don't want to lose the support of those people over something like this. So if they just keep quiet, people like you and I really don't, you know, the static we we put out there really doesn't matter. The heavy hitters, the 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 or the, the police um, unions and the sheriff's the unions, department, yeah. and they don't they're not going to go anywhere near this. Right. Um, you you want to answer that, Derek? Yeah. What was that again? Yeah, um, I think I think Mark said it was about time, right, Mark? No, it's about money. It's about money. Okay. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna end up. It's about money and influence. You know, they don't want to go against the sheriff's department, who yeah. they may have a court case in a particular state next month about something that's good for all of us, and they need the support of those local sheriffs and to get behind the legislation. The last thing those guys are going to do is if you come out and speak out against the cops is get behind any legislation. So they're, they're walking a very fine tightrope. I mean, I have no love for the NRA. Obviously, everybody knows how I feel. I mean, I'm a lifetime member, NRA instructor, all of that. But I think they do a lot of things poorly. But the bottom line is they really are the only line of defense 
that we have. If they go away tomorrow, we're all fucked. Amen. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. No matter what we say here about them, that is true. Did you want to did you want to say something about this, Derek, before I comment? Uh, I think, you know, like as already been stated, the NRA is a, a, a political organization. So, I mean, they're going to be as politically correct as they can be. Yeah. You know, when it comes to situations like that, there's been a few times where they've come out and been supportive of, uh, of guys. But I'm not sure what happened with the Flandel Castillo case. I think it, I think they looked at it and I don't know, maybe they they, they thought like me and found uh, fault on both sides. So they just stayed away from it. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you guys on that. But I think that we have to end that. I think it's time for these kind of things to stop. And, and you know, maybe not for the NRA. If they don't want to end it, I get it. You know, I understand that if people who um, are representatives or who speak for them publicly don't want to cover this, I get that. But we we actually we really do need to stop this, because if we don't talk about it, we're not going to find a solution to this. And I know that you said earlier that there isn't a solution and maybe you're right. There is no solution. But I think we have to at least cover this and talk about it. And and from my point of view, this this is what happened with me after that, that um, that video that I pulled out that I put up where I got pulled over. Um, like maybe two, three months ago, I actually observed my local sheriff's department doing training. And um, I put up a video about that. And this is not in the video. I went to lunch with all those guys and I, and I uh, sat down and I was talking to them, including my sheriff. And, uh, and the, the person that was doing the training was a former SWAT team leader um, from, from Minnesota, I believe. And he, all of these guys, all of these police officers that saw that video, they were pissed off of what happened to me. And I was shocked, you know, because they were telling me that they were mad about this. Like, you know, obviously my, my sheriff looked me up, right? He was like, I'm going to sit down and talk to this guy, Hank Strange. I'm going to look him up and, and see who this guy is. And that came up and, um, you know, the SWAT, the former SWAT team leader is like um, the father of one of my really good friends. And he also looked me up. And they were pissed off. And and I was just sitting there thinking like, you know, are these guys genuinely pissed off? Are they just telling me this? And and I realized like, no, they were, the way they were talking about this, they were mad and these kind of things happened to them. And most of the, I think there was one police officer there that was, that was black. So most of these guys were white and they were mad. And, and, um, and it made me realize it's one of the reasons why people are probably thinking like, why is Hank Strange causing all this trouble now? But it made me realize that I had to I had to, like, you know, start talking about this stuff and bring it up because not every police officer out there really wants to just, you know, I know there's that thing, the thin blue line. I think these guys are seeing stuff that they think is crazy and nonsense. And maybe they can't get out there and talk about it publicly, but it bothers them. It it really does. The thin blue line, it's. It's that that right there I have a problem with because it's the cops will some well for, uh, most of the time they will back other cops even though they know they're in the wrong or they feel that they're in the wrong just because that when it it when or if the time comes that they are in the spotlight that if they didn't have the other guys back then no one will have their back. Right. But we have to we have to end that. I think we have to end that. We have to somehow start standing up. We know there's good guys out there and we know who those good guys are because we see it every day. 
right? We, you know, these guys are in the community. We know who they are. And if someone who is in the community, we know this is a good guy and maybe even he made a mistake or whatever or did the wrong thing. Or even if it's something like this where it was blatantly the wrong thing and and just something happened, something triggered. These are human beings and something triggered. We've got to be able to get up and talk about this because people are very angry. And there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're not getting represented. And, you know, I mean, I obviously when I saw this, I was I was not happy about it. They were like all these emotions going through me. But I'm telling you, I've gotten a lot of messages about this since last night where people like you have got to get up and say something, even if you're going to like go out there and agree with all of this. So, you know what, let's go ahead. You're going to see more of this, not less of this moving forward. And I'll tell you why. I know that sounds crazy. How can we get more of this? It's going to have to be less to have more training. What's going to happen, and I see it locally, uh, some of my family members, you have good people and good cops who don't want to be put in this position through the things that are going through these other cops' lives and how it's destroying their family, and, 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 and even some of them that didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you know, this case, obviously, we've got a problem that's got to be figured out that have happened in the last 36 months where the officers did absolutely nothing wrong and their lives are just destroyed. Their families' lives are destroyed. Uh, you know, death threats and all of these other things are getting out of fashion and those that are going in, are, in my opinion, are not going to be the, the type and quality of people that we need because what happens is as they drop out and less people that are maybe rational, a little more rational, may have thought it through some more, in a profession in that because cops are seen as you know being uh, inhumane and and pigs and you know all of this other stuff well that's going to get a lot of people that don't want to go into it so you're going to get a lower quality person in the future not only uh, that the, the, there are some um academies that if you, you can actually have a too high of a uh iq score to be a cop where they, they will not allow you to be a cop. And what, what it does when they allow lower IQ people in, then they're more more tuned to become aggressive or to be that bully type and have that mentality when, they, when they're when they actually performing the job. And like he said, it's going to get worse as it goes on. No doubt. Policing is going to get worse. And I've got, like I said, tons of friends and family that are, uh, that are uh, in law enforcement. And, you know, this is not a blanket statement, but I'm telling you, going forward, I believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. Well, then and then that's unfortunate because then we will really wind up in a state of civil war. I mean, you know, we I agree with the points that you guys are making, but we have to do something about it. And when there's good police, just like when, you know, just like we want the police officers to do when there's good police officers, we have to get out there and stand up for them, you know, and and when they're bad, we have to we have to stand against that. For a good cop, you're racist. I mean, you don't even get a chance to to listen to anybody's story or anything. You, you know, you're branded as a racist, uh, you know, and a million other things. So it's stand up. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know if that's something that's that can be done, Hank. Um, <laughs> right there, personally. Okay, so then let you know what let's um, let's talk about what we can do about this. Then <laughs> I mean. You know, um, should we 
you know, first of all, there's two elements I think going on here, right? I mean, there's there's regular there's but people who are not gun guys who are not, you know, legally licensed to carry guns and stuff like that, who were killed. And then there's this situation. I think, you know, this like strikes a deeper chord for some people, I think, including myself, because this was like a guy who was, you know, this is what we're trying to encourage people to do. And are we encouraging these people to put their lives at risk? I think the answer is yes. So what do we do about this? Um, You know, how can we, how can we change this? What should we do about this? Listen, I listen. Once again, I'm not excusing what happened, but you say we're asking these people to put their lives at risk. Well, I think we had the discussion earlier. I think it's a two-sided coin. The officers need more training, but I think the citizens need more training. It's just like the guy that, that posted the question earlier that said, "Well, why should I acquiesce to a police officer? He's no different. He's no better than me. No, but he's doing a specific job that he's been empowered to do." To yes and no and put your hand up yes you're giving up some of your freedoms but it's to ensure your future freedom and until we start educating citizens and things like that so you've had a, a much different history with officers given you know the color of your skin and i can't relate to that it's impossible there's just no way you have a little different perspective but i think it's going to take a meeting in between with i keep calling them citizens with officers and the public with for a mutual respect between the two you know the officers have to quit yes and i'm uncomfortable because you have a gun and i'm a cop you're going to do what i say or i'll tase you and haul you in and all that stuff do the same thing you can't be mad every time a cop pulls you over you have no idea what's going on when he pulls you over tail light out that you don't know about uh did someone just you know uh, kidnap a, a a young person in a vehicle that looks like yours they might just be doing their job and doing a, a service for the community. You can't be instantly upset when you get pulled over. Right. Teamwork to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to comment on that, Derek? I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I think somehow we have to have a meeting of the minds here. Um, because, you know, in this case, this guy was so respectful. I think, you know, I was watching a video of the prosecutor in this case, and this guy was so respectful, yet he, you know, wound up in this situation. And I believe that he was he was respectful and, and doing these things, not just because he, I mean, he's, uh, he was probably a good guy, but also like you were talking about, you know, maybe in his class, they told him, listen, make sure you're being respectful and polite. And he attempted to do this. I know there's people out there that, you know, they're like, um, there's, there was this, go ahead. As far as you know, I've been able to read the, the court transcripts and things like that yet. Cause I'm working my tail off right now. So I'm just been too busy. But as far as you know, he was being completely compliant and this officer just decided to shoot him seven times. Yeah. That's what the process well, that's what the prosec- the prosecutor said this. So they have some they have some kind of evidence. They have something here. Uh, maybe folks out there could um, you know could bring this up. But I was just watching. Um, there's a there's a lengthy video from the prosecutor in this case after the verdict came out, and he was saying that it, like what really hurts him, what really you know um, hurts him to the core about this is that this guy was being respectful and compliant and the police officer shot seven times. I mean, they thought a lot about this before they decided to prosecute this. 
seven times. Yeah, so that, that that's another thing that concerns me is is if it took them so long to prosecute it, it's one of two problems. One, they were just trying to shelter the cop, or, or two, the evidence was just going to be difficult to get a conviction, and we see they didn't get one. Um, I don't know the makeup of the jury either, so I'm speculating somewhat. I believe that this guy complied in every way, wasn't belligerent, and did everything the officer told him to do and still got shot seven times. Well, that's, fact, see, that's what, what you're saying. That's what the prosecutor's saying, though. When, when it comes to getting shot seven times or however many, how whatever the number is, I that really bothers me when people, you know, start that. Okay, police are trained to shoot until the threat is down. And when adrenaline is pumping through, they got, they got their, you know, everything's going crazy at that moment. Their fine motor skills aren't, the, aren't, aren't there anymore. They just keep shooting. They, they don't say, oh, okay, I shot him once in, in the chest, he's good. Or I shot him in the leg, he should go down. They, they, they can't do that. So when he shot seven times, he shot seven times until he saw that, or until he realized that the threat was- You mean until he came out of the, or, or until he came out of the spell that he was under yeah. that, that led yeah. him to that. And okay, so what do we do in this situation? What's the solution? So I'm going to go down through some things that I think. Should we, one, never admit to being armed? Well, I think that's a huge No, because, yeah, well, if you have a concealed carry license, when they pull you over and they run your license plate, because they run your license plate before they get out of the car, when they run your license plate, they will know if you have a concealed carry license or not. Okay. So... I mean, but it, but maybe maybe the the part of the perfect storm here is because that this guy admitted to being armed, you know. So maybe if he didn't say he was armed and the officer said, "Well, can I see your license?" and he was like, "Okay, I'm going to get my license now," and he went and got his license, you know, and, and took out his license, then we wouldn't be here. But because he said he was armed, it's possible. It's possible that what happened to this police officer is that he heard, "I'm armed" or "I have a gun." And yes. he just went into his something kicked into him and he went into yep. a mode, you know, and so maybe, you know, because some states, including Florida, Florida says you do not have to legally you, legally you do not have to admit that you're armed. So what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Uh, I think in Tennessee, think, when, when you get pulled over, I think we, we have to. Um, let the officer know. I mean, like I said, the officer's going to know regardless if you have a concealed carry. So, um, I've, I've, it's happened to me a couple of times when I've been pulled over and given warnings where, uh, they pull me over. I'm not carrying at that time. And so I don't tell them I'm, I'm not carrying or I'm carrying. And they go back to their, to their squad car do their paperwork, whatever they come back. And they ask me, you know, am I carrying? And, you know, I say, no, I'm not. And they're, okay, cool. Um, I forgot what, what we were talking about. Yeah, we, yeah, we were um, discussing whether or not we should admit that we're armed. What do you think about that? Mark? Oh yeah. Mark, I, do you have, do you have anything on that? I think you should definitely tell them that you're armed. I, I, you know, once again, yes, it's my freedom to carry and second amendment and all that, but we're, I'm trying to be reasonable, not technically um, correct in a, you know, patriotic, um, you know, sort of situation. And I understand the argument that once you give up a little 
beat them in the red. I think we. Uh... But I think, you know, I'm not advocating that. I just think people would have no problem admitting to the officer that they are all what the problem is. And, and, and in your situation, I have no problem with them disarming you. Now, I know that that goes against, you know, you felt a lot more uncomfortable when they were disarming you. With it, you know, once or twice or three or four times if you're super unlucky in your life every single day, and they're yeah. taught and trained to safely yeah. home to their family. It's a big deal if they disarm you in a polite way. If they say, hey, would you mind if I didn't place it in my car until we're through with this? Now, you know, especially once they've extracted you from the vehicle and they have your hands, I'm not saying you were treated fairly. You were obviously singled out for the color of your skin, the fact that you were driving a nice vehicle with tinted windows, and it's total bullshit. Beyond that fact, I don't see what harm it does in, in having them feel as safe as possible because it's probably going to help you get home. That's what I'm saying. No, I, okay, I understand that, but here's the thing, you know, it seems like everything we do, there's a counter to this. So I, I think that, okay, I, it's probably reasonable for me to admit that I'm being armed. They also have to be trained on what to do when someone's armed and how to react to that situation. Now, if they decide to disarm me, I, for example, I'm not going to bother to carry a gun if it's not loaded. So now I have a loaded gun on me that you're trying to disarm me from. And in the process of doing that as a police officer, if you're disarming me and you've got gloves on and all kinds of things, what if you now somehow, you know, Nicholas set off my, my gun yeah and when that gun goes off now the other guys think that i fired at you maybe you just fired at me you know when you try to do that thing but they think i fired at you now they start shooting and we still wind up here you know it well, seems like we're, we're like no matter what happens we're doomed I, I i just think that you could line up 500 officers and i would allow all 500 of them to disarm me without any worry of an accidental discharge Okay. That's just now. Now, I carry weapons that are serviced properly and are not pieces of shit with hair triggers and cocked and locked and all this other ridiculousness that I know some people do. So in some cases that's true, but I know you don't either. No, I, I don't believe in that. Yeah, I don't believe in modifying what I'm going to carry honestly, on me. Yeah, I honestly believe that that we could line up 500 officers from departments all over the country and allow them to disarm you without incident. I, I just truly believe that. Okay. Okay. So, but, but you make a point. I see what you're saying. You could have an accidental discharge and you know, it could, but you know, like, you know, aliens could come down and you know, I mean, we could go down that rabbit hole forever. Right. Reasonable in our discussions. You're asking what we can do to help solve this problem. And I think it's a meeting of the minds and meeting in the middle. I, the problem I have with this is, I'm not, I don't have your life experience and I don't have your skin color. So I don't know if my viewpoint would change if I had had your life experience and your skin color. But I would just think that even in your situation, I would feel safer if the officers felt safer. Now you may not feel that way. You may feel like, well, if they disarm me, I've got no way to defend myself. What if they decide to start beating me up or 
yeah. any of these other things. And my argument to that is if they decide to do that, you're fucking dead anyway. You know, you're not John Wick. Right. You're not going to take out six or seven officers or even three officers. You know what I mean? So I just meeting in the middle and trying to be as respectful on both sides later through the way you're doing it now. That's why, I've, you know, dude, I think the way you handled it was perfect. That's why I'm on here to, to show support for you in this difficult right. discussion because you got home safely and then you went and got the video and showed the rest of the world that those fucking clowns are ridiculous. Right. And, and I, and, and, and I often, right. And I often talk to people um, about this, including my sons. And I tell them that the first thing in any conflict that you get into in life is how you talk to people and you have to know how to be respectful. And I'll be honest with you guys. There's times in my life when I was doing things that were wrong um, when I was interacting with police officers, but just based on how I spoke to them, nothing happened to me, you know? And um, so th that's a big part of this, but here's something, you know, so I, I just want to switch over to this because there's a few people that, that uh, have made this comment and I think it's true. And we have to touch this before we go on this police officer and the other cops that showed up did not give medical assistance to this guy. Are they, now, are, are, are they um, qualified to do, do they, are they up to date on their training? Are, are they certified to do so? I mean, everybody's qualified to stuff a shirt in a gun wound. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if they're uh, not fucking shame on them and what are they doing protecting other officers who might get shot without knowing how to deal with that gunshot wound. So true. shame on them if they're not. Yeah. And I think pe I think people also feel that like the, um, in a situation like this, where the, the police officers that are arriving are thinking my brother in arms here, my fellow police officer, he just got into something. The first thing I need to do is defend him. And they may not be thinking about saving this guy's life. And that's horrible. I mean, that's really one of the things that like. You know, I want to go down this list of things that I think that we should do. And, you know, I'm not going to go down the whole list before I let you guys comment. But, um, you know, one of the things that I think is that um, we need less police officers with better training that are uh, more well paid to be police officers. And some people should just not even be police officers at all. You know, we've got like quotas and things like that where people are trying to hire a certain amount of black police officers and a certain amount of women police officers. I think and I know this is going to get me in trouble. I think for the most part, unless you are somehow super special and you prove as such, I don't even think women should be police officers. Yeah, that's my feeling. Same with uh, with women in combat, too. I mean, there are those few that that can put up with it physically but it's not it's not generally you know yeah and I, I i think that there are definitely a lot of guys that are cops that should not be cops just like there are a lot of guys that join the military that shouldn't join the military but they do anyways um, I think we're in a situation like Mark discussed before where, you know, um, we ha we've decided in society because we this is something we can control. We can decide we don't want any cops. And if there's no cops, then there's just going to be criminals. You know, now the first thing we should obviously do is defend ourselves. But if we're defending ourselves, we're going to get into situations like this as well, especially if we're not trained and all that, you know, all that. I mean, it's the same situation. These, these cops are, are the public as well. Right. They're they're normal people. Um, but I could, I, you know, I think that 
there's just a lot of people that should not be police officers and there's not enough psychological screening, um, intelligence, like they don't probably test them to see how they react to things. Um, this is why I was mentioning, I mean, there was a recent case cause I know I could see the look on Mark's face. So I know he's ready to, you know, he's ready to, to call me to task on this one, but there was a recent situation where a female police officer killed, killed a black man. I mean, white female police officer killed a black man. She got off, you know, and and we all saw that video, and it's pretty obvious in that video that she panicked because the other police officers did not panic, did not you know, did not feel like they had to shoot this guy, and she did. You know, she, now was, I, she was the only one at the scene at the time when when the shot was was out. She was the only one there, wasn't she? I, I remember this one. This is the one. This is another one where I think people just. I mean, the guy was on what PCP or something like that. Um, yeah, I think I think eventually they um, there there was something that he was you know they found him to be on something. But yeah, when I watched the when I watched the, the, the yeah, but the, the guy but video. if you look at it, the guy's like walking away from her. Now I know he's not complying, and she might oh. be there by herself. But they were, she had her gun out. She had her gun out, pointed at him, giving him directions, and right. he did not he did not do any of it. He did what he wanted to do. He went back to his car. That's a direct threat to her life because he might have something there. The the window was down. Right. And he reached into the car and that's when she shot. I. Again, yeah, but, you know, like, it's the same. I, I'm, I'm always on the on the other side of the I don't always defend cops because I, I know there are a lot of bad cops out there, but it's not every cop. Right. But it's I, if I feel like I'm always on the other side of the coin when I talk to another uh, another black person and I've been called Uncle Tom's and, and sellouts in the past and yeah, but that's not deserving. I, I, I mean, I, I think I understand what you're doing and I don't think that w- would be deserving of you to take the other side. I do that all the time. I, what I'm trying to say is, look, we all get into situations. People sleep drive, you know, Tiger Woods the other day took medications. I really yeah. believe the story that came out that he was taking this medication, didn't realize the effect it had on him and, you know, had this reaction. And and even what he did was like he pulled over when he did something with his car. He didn't hurt anyone, but it can happen to people. And you wind up in this situation. If it happens to someone that you love, that you care about, and they made a mistake, took the wrong medication, even took drugs, took, even if they took PCP or whatever it was, that's why I always warn my kids not to, you know, um, even though I have no problem with, uh, with, I think drugs should be legal. I always warn my kids not to get into it because I have friends that have smoked marijuana that was laced with PCP and they were done. Their brain switched off and all kinds of stuff. So things could happen to you that you didn't voluntarily do. It doesn't mean that you deserve to die. Now, oh, if, yeah. this guy, if this guy went into the car, came back with a gun or got in the car and tried to back up on her, I get all of that stuff. But it seems but that like, might have been it might have been too late at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm not waiting sure. on him. I'm not yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, think if I, if I have a gun pointed at a dude that's three times the size of me, first off, and I'm telling him to do stuff and I have a gun pointed at him and he's not complying and he's okay. going back to his vehicle and I keep telling him to stop and he doesn't. Well, okay, but I think this is the people, this is the, you know, and I'm probably trying to do the same thing that you're doing, but I genuinely feel that this could be the case. People will take the other side of this and say like, so how come there's so many people that do things? We see this all the time where there's guys doing stuff that they're clearly 
off their meds or crazy or whatever, and they don't get shot to death. Oh, because they're white. They're, 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 are, they're are, if you look at statistics, when it comes, I, I hate it when it comes, when it, when it boils down to race like this, but when you, when you look at statistics, cops are less likely to fire on black individuals because of that whole, Oh, they don't want to be, get called racist and get drugged through the court system. So, but what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you, this it's not just that. For example, so how come, um, you know, OJ led all these police officers down the highway in a slow chase? I mean, why didn't they? How just, much was you know, o- how much was OJ worth? <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't matter. That should not matter in the society that we live in, right? Who knew OJ? Who knew OJ Simpson in America? Everyone. But so Everybody so that gives did. you so that gives you a protection. It 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 it's it's a privilege. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's not like hey, it's hey, not like. Hey. Let me ask you this question, Hank. Mm-hmm. You're going to shoot OJ Simpson for driving down the road at 20 miles an hour? Fuck no, you're not going to. No, I probably no, I wouldn't shoot him. Yeah, and he wasn't even shooting. He wasn't even driving. It was his buddy. Right. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, they could have done anything. They could have had anything in the car. They could have had AKs in the car. They could have, you know, I mean, what what I'm trying to say to you is, and this is the problem the, the, of the this. Difference. There's like no answer to this situation. And it's the reason why it's so frustrating, I think, for people out there. But you got to look at everything. You got to look at everything in a specific uh, case. Like when it comes to OJ, who, who who's the guy that was driving? What was his um, name? Al, Al, um. I know it was, I know his name was Al. <laughs> his, his best friend. Yeah. He was on a cell phone at the time. He was talking to the right. cops. Mm-hmm. The cops were listening in. They could hear OJ in the back crying and doing whatever he was doing. And they were talking. They they had a little bit more info on the situation than the lady that pulled up on that guy with his his um, car that was parked in the middle of the road or SUV that was parked in the middle of the road. You know, the cops in L.A., they had a little bit, well, a lot of a lot more information on what was going on and the state of mind that he had. But I guarantee you, if O.J. Simpson gets out of the uh, vehicle and goes back and reaches for a gun, then they're going to shoot him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Information. I mean, he didn't. Obviously, he got some treatment because of his money and because of who he was. But the reason he got that treatment was because there were police, I mean, uh, uh, news helicopters that were going to examine every sinking, every stinking yeah. inch, every little thing those cops did, and they had to try, and, and he still got off, and they still got him off. Yeah, but, li- you know, can I tell you something? Listen, I still feel, this is my feeling, I'm not, you know, I, I, I see where you guys are coming from, but this is my feeling. When I saw that situation, when I saw what happened with that female police officer, to me, it just seemed like, she, you know, adrenaline, like what we were talking about before, yeah. something kicked in and she reacted and there were probably, you know, that could be a physiological thing that happened, maybe not enough training, what? maybe both of those things. And that could have been handled in a completely different way. Well, yeah. I, I that think it was. Have, that guy could have complied with what she was telling him to do. That they would have ended differently. Yeah, if he wouldn't okay. have been on anything and he would have complied. I mean, it, it sucks to always come out. Hey, if you would have complied, you know, I, I really don't like that that answer either. But like I said, what, what, I mean, like you said, you don't think women should be police officers, and this is a prime example. You know, right. she so tell me, a dude that was like three times the size of her, and right. right there that intimidated her. She pulled out her gun to kind of even the odds because the gun is the great equalizer. Well, this guy still didn't want to do what she said. Because he was physically, you know, uh, 
Yeah, but you know what? I, I mean, that. but see, that's the point that I'm making. I mean, you know, one, something happened to her and she was intimidated. So th- that's an issue there. I still think that there's lots of people. I saw in California, for example, like um, there's these roving bands of um, guys on motorcycles that don't have plates and uh, four wheelers and stuff like that to harass people on the highway. And the police don't do anything about them, you know, and, th- and those guys are dangerous. So there's decisions that we make. And, you know, p- perhaps you guys are right. Um, but what would happen, though, if this was someone that you loved? That this was like your dad, your brother, your son that was in that situation. How would you feel about that? If it was my father and, and I knew that he was on drugs during the during the whole uh, the uh, trial, I would get all the evidence in the trial because I would be there every day, you know. And I would have to come to terms with my feelings uh, on my father. I would have to think logically and go, okay, wait a second. Yeah, my dad did have a, a little problem with, you know, with the PCP stuff or, or, or just drugs in general or whatever. Maybe that did contribute contribute to it. Oh, he didn't want to listen to the officer. Maybe that did contribute to it. I would be sad. I would be heartbroken because my, my dad's not here anymore or my grandfather or my uncle or whoever. But – Inclu- including, about it. including, including your kid, including my, my kid. Oh my God. I, I can't, I don't even want, want to really think about that. I understand. I understand where F- Philando Castile's mother is coming from. I understand the pain that she must be having right now. Well, first of all, when it first happened and then now that she doesn't get any justice now, she might think- ju- just want that that officer to, to pay to, so she feels a little bit better, but I mean, that's still not going to bring him back. But I think this is a poor example of that. I mean, obviously I think the three of us agree that, that if he complied in every way and then was just reaching over to get something and there was no gun present and he didn't see anything and so on and so forth, that the officer overreacted. But I think that's a bad example to talk about. I, I'd rather stay on the one that, that okay. brought okay. up. I mean, obviously my wife, children it wouldn't make any difference to me you have to take responsibility for yourself especially when you know that this kind of thing happens yeah well, i would be like happened once in 50 years this happens all the time you have to take responsibility if you're going to do pcp and you're going to do drugs and you're not going to respond to what the officer says then you you deserve what you get or well let, let me rephrase that maybe you don't deserve what you got but the officer has the right to do it and that's i think that's where the difference is now Hank, don't get me wrong. What if, uh, you know, what if I didn't know it, but I went out to eat tonight and someone laced my drink with some drug that caused me to go crazy, resist police, go for a gun, get shot and kill. Officer's fault. Right. So did I deserve yeah, to die? That's no. true. Not the, but, but it's still his right to kill me. And if I could come back from the dead and go, listen, it isn't the officer's fault that somebody spiked my drink. Right. Or whatever. I took the drugs of his own free will which means he is ultimately responsible for what happens and she is not did she handle it the best she could probably not but i believe the onus is off of her and on to him once he has decided to take his destiny into his own hands it doesn't matter to me if it's some dude i don't know but i love like my brother mm-hmm. if you if you decide to do drugs before you leave the studio tonight and fucking go out and go crazy and fucking do donuts in the in the in the the challenger uh and get pulled over and pull your gun and get shot. But I'm gonna stand behind the cop. 
Yeah. And I love you. Yeah. I love you too, man. I love you too. Seriously. Even if it was mm-hmm. one of your sons, you know, I understand right. you don't want your son to die. Right. But come on. They, they would have yeah. to have responsibility. Yeah, we do. That's absolutely true. I mean, this is something we can't deny. You know, we have to have personal responsibility. It happened with Lola and I today. You know, we drove we drove the kids into Orlando and then we came back and then they were leaving us to go out to the movies. But they were sleeping in the car when we got back to switch cars. And we had this conversation. I said, if you're not awake, <laughs> you need to just go sleep. <laughs> if you're you know, if you're not awake, I want to see that you are awake. And and like, you know, fully here. I don't want you to get in the car and go hang out with your friends. You know, both of both of the kids were going. And I was like, I don't want that. I, I, I would say that you need to stay your butt home. You know, don't go out like this. And and we didn't let them leave us until we're like, OK, they're up. They're conscious. Everything, you know, everything's working. So, yeah, we do have to take responsibility. It's painful. I mean, you know, that's the that's the tough thing about this. But I, I don't know if we really had this conversation about whether or not some people just should not be police officers and whether or not we should, I think we should reduce the amount of police officers. And the, and the reason that I believe that is that ultimately we, you know, we're responsible for our safety. I'm not saying we don't need police officers. I personally believe that we do need them, but we need to reduce them because we've got like too many police officers, too many departments, too many specialized things. And there's all these guys out there and they're not trained enough. So like what I think is instead of just hiring a lot of guys, we need to train them better, you know, as well as training. Obviously, everyone out there has to get trained. What about back in the day when the cops used to have, they used to walk beats. They, they were neighborhood cops. You know, everyone knew the neighborhood cop. Everyone knows the neighborhood uh, uh, mailman. You know, that neighborhood cop would would uh, sh- show up to if there's if there's some situation in his beat in his neighborhood. And he would probably know the people that are involved. Mm-hmm. Like, say, it's a domestic dispute between a couple. Mm-hmm. He probably knows them. And he, he, he understands, you know, their capabilities of what they could do. And I, I think it would, it would be easier to not kill somebody if we went back to that type of yeah. scenario. But with... I mean, that, did, the way that didn't was, always work, but it did work. Oh, yeah. It did work better. It was also different times. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that, Mark? Well, first thing is, who's going to pay for all of this extra training that you're talking about? And, and well, I'm, that, I'm, That's I'm, why I'm saying we should reduce the amount of police officers that we have. I mean, I think we just I think we're just hiring police officers for the sake of hiring police officers. And I want to say this on top of that, I think that we're hiring a lot of police officers that are not gun guys. I mean, I've met these guys. They told me they don't like guns. Guns scare them. And they only carry guns because they have to because they're police officers. And I think I personally think that's a problem. I think if that exists, if you if you have this innate fear of guns, you know, and, and you don't understand what's going on here, you should probably not do this job. Yeah, Go ahead, Mark. I, here's what I think. I think that everyone knows the statistics and the numbers that were just, you know, I, I think you're just, you feel like there are too many cops. You feel, but we don't really know. So my first question would be, where are you going to take the cops from? We have less. Who gets patrolled more or who gets patrolled less? Man, what a crazy question that is because the white neighborhoods then we're racist and there's not as many in the black neighborhoods or the poor neighborhoods i'll make it rich and poor 
But what if we take them from the rich neighborhood where maybe they aren't needed and we do the poor neighborhood? Well, now all of a sudden we're being racist again because there's more cops over there. So there's going to be more arrests because they're going to have more ability to catch criminals. But see, <laughs> when it comes to that, when it comes to that thing, like cops, like people say that, you know, cops are arresting or they're, they're patrolling different areas because they're racist and they, they want to just incarcerate black people left and right. But I mean, when cops go and patrol areas, they're not going to patrol areas. They're going to patrol areas that they've had crime in, in, in the past. So that just isn't true. That isn't. No, that's not true. Obviously they're going to put more officers, but I promise you there are officers right now patrolling richer sections of the town I live in that there aren't, that there isn't any crime in. And I mean, real crime, you know, I'm not talking about, kids toilet paper in a yard or you know why, why are they why are they patrolling those areas if there isn't as much because crime the rich, rich people want them there to yeah. prevent crime from happening yeah i think that does happen i think that we are yeah. the ones who we are the we are the ones who demand more cops i know i personally don't where i live doesn't actually have a lot of police officers i think the whole police department i'm going to try to get those guys to come on or at least uh, someone to come on and represent them i I honestly believe that the whole town, which is, do you know how many people are in the town? Like what, 15,000 maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's a small town. I know there's smaller towns out there, but there's maybe 10 or 12 police officers in this town at the most. You know, so at any one time, you might have like maybe, you know, four or five guys that are on duty. You know, um, not every town is like that, but then there are towns that are like that and people are, look, here in Gainesville, I wanted to talk about this before. In Gainesville, where I'm, at, where I'm at, you have the ASO, which is Alachua uh, Sheriff's Office. Those are the guys who pulled me over. You have the Highway Patrol. Okay, you've got the Gainesville Police Department. You have the University of Florida Police Department, and you have the um, uh, Santa Fe Community College Police Department. <laughs> okay, that's just in Gainesville, and 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 it's so. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, what's going on here? And to 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 show you something, obviously this is anecdotal, but this happened recently. Um, there was a guy who wanted to commit suicide, and um, actually, you know like made this, you know, called up a store. I'm not going to get into who it was. I, I don't think I'm approved to get into who it was, but they called up a store and said, I, I want to, you know, commit suicide um, by coming into your store. And so they called the police, right? And this was a student and he was at the university. So they called the university police. They, they went down to meet this guy somewhere. They, they saw the guy and he was on one side of the street. And when he saw the police officers, he crossed the street. They could not go over and talk to him because across the street was another jurisdiction. So they had to sit there and watch this guy walk away while they're calling the other jury because all these guys have jurisdiction and they don't have any kind of like agreement because of like all the legal stuff that goes into this. And they had to watch this guy walk away while they're calling, you know, while they're calling up. And meanwhile, at the store where he called in to say that he wanted to kill himself, there was another jurisdiction over there. I mean, eventually this doesn't solve anything and could be really, you know, I mean, just imagine you see someone here who's obviously in distress, wants to do something to themselves, maybe do something to other people. And he's, he crosses the street and you can't do anything about it. It's ineffective. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're barking up a tree that you can never climb. You know, the police unions are not going to go for budget cuts ever. 
um, the prison unions have become such a, a overwhelming factor in the police and policing state that we have because the prisons have become privatized. So they can't make any money if there's not people to guard. Well, the only way they can get people to guard is if there's more police on the street arresting people. So I think, listen, I think it's admirable that you want to try to figure out a solution to the problem of more cops, less cops, better trained cops, all of that. But I mean, I think it's just like, you know, shooting a BB at a locomotive. I mean, it literally will have zero effect of what's going on. I, I think it's your, I think dealing with the police is, is probably, I mean, we've seen it. How many marches have to go on? How many protests have to go on? And nothing really ever changes. I mean, you know, the justice department will get involved a little bit, but really just, does it ever really change? I think the one place you can have an effect, and not, not just you, but I mean all of us, is with the public. Because I think you can change the hearts and minds of the public in such a way that we can make ourselves safer and make ourselves less police. I know you say we get to make the decisions, but if you really believe that, I think you're fooling yourself. I don't think we get to make any of those decisions. I well, I think we do get to make decisions. I think we vote locally. We we put in our local sheriffs. We we elect our local mayors. They, you know, they um, are the ones that control bu- budgets of police departments. You know, when you say where do we get the money from, we shouldn't have more police officers that we cannot afford to train properly. So, you know, if we can't, if, if all we could do is afford to hire like 20 police officers, but we can't afford to train them properly, don't, don't, then, you know, we shouldn't do that. You know, maybe we should hire 10. That's what I'm saying. And train those 10 properly. You know, although I agree with you that we also have a responsibility as the citizens to educate ourselves and train ourselves. But we are in control of this. There's no magical Illuminati out there that's unless you believe that that's sitting down and going, we're going to have, you know, this guy's the mayor and the, this guy's the sheriff. We're doing that. We're electing governors and presidents and, you know, we're doing it. We have some kind of control over that. I think there's a better chance that you become president of the NRA than you elect a uh, mayor in the city of Gainesville interest in what you're saying. And I think if you'll reflect on that for a minute, you'll agree. Happen. I, I would I agree because of the state. Did. Yeah, I would agree because of the state of politics. But here, here's the alternative. Eventually, this is going to become civil war. Like if we think it's bad now, if, if we think that we're under you know threat right now, if we think we have terrible things happening, you know, eventually we're going to have a civil war because people are not it's going to break. We're going to get to the pitches and, and, and uh, you know, the pitchforks and torches moment here. People or do you just think like people are going to get mad at this and go protest and then go back home and forget about it? And this is never going to break. Yeah. That's right. They're going to go back home and get on their Xboxes and get on their 50 inch 4K televisions and eat their pizzas and drink their pops because that's what's comfortable and what they want. We will never. Can we get can we get you to speak a little bit louder? I think some folks out there are saying they can't hear you as clearly. Sorry. 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 Yeah, Yeah, I'm on my iPad. I don't have my good mic tonight. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I think that that uh, we're never going to get to a civil war. People are going to protest and go home and play their xboxes and watch their tvs and that sort of thing um you know i i I think those days are gone i I think it's i think it will take a shift in people starving being without power 
things like that before yeah. we get any sort of civil war style movement of any kind in this country. Because it's too much to really occupy people, the mind at this point in time. People care about. I got power. I got food. I got internet. Fuck. I don't. What else do I need? I think that's all people really care about. So I think until it comes down to a point where we're all starving, which I think we're we're five or six years away from food being super plentiful because we're going to be able to print it out of nothing, and uh, you know, so much automation is coming. I, I I just don't think that we're ever going to see the type of uprising in an organized way that you're talking about because trying to get the people in Florida about what's going on in Montana is going to be almost impossible. Uh, and by yeah, so you, so you think it's like, just the way it's created now, you know, after our last civil war over the giant two giant issues that it was about, I think now there's not a strong enough issue, the individual States, because what happens is, a little bit about what you were talking about on the local levels, we are getting things done and people are moving to places. That's why Texas has so many people moving to it because they like the regulations and the laws and the economy is good there. Things like that. Just moving to places where they can tolerate the setup, even if it isn't ideal or perfect, what they want that you could never unite them. You know, there's no way people from Texas are going to go fight for someone say in Rhode Island because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. I think I agree with you on that. I mean, I know for me locally, like I'm, I'm living out in the country now and I actually love it. And I think I, I agree with you on that. I think that even when there's stuff going on, like Derek was saying, when the cops have to deal with people, they know who they are. They know them, they know their mom, you know, they know their grandparents and all that kind of stuff. They still have to arrest them and lock them up. They still broke the law. But there's like this mutual thing that happens that they know they got caught out there. And the police officer also knows this guy and they know his family and everything. And it's not to say that something something can easily go wrong where I'm at. But I think that because everyone knows who these people are and they know who these officers are, people there locally are going to go, hey, we know these guys. We know what went down. We know this guy was a bad guy, maybe. And that and and that's just like, I mean, it's a lot better. Even for a guy like me that I don't want anyone to know who I am, where I live, they know me. So, um, you know, that's the good thing about that. And, and then maybe, you know, you're right on the other side of it that, you know, it's the whole bread and circuses thing, right? We're getting our bread. We're getting our circuses. Now they're going to give us drugs and you know, we've got like TV all the time. The Internet's never going to go away. And yeah, maybe people are just going to become complacent. And their idea of getting mad maybe is just going to be watching, you know, uh, live broadcasts like this. And this is them getting mad and they'll rant and rave and comment or whatever. But come on, we you know, we have to we have to do a little bit more than that. And we have to try to, like, change ask, this situation. Ask yourself this question, not just you, but also your viewers. If it comes down to it, to watch someone shoot your wife or your children in order so that you can keep a gun or in order that you can do whatever consider freedom. And I just don't think the majority of people are willing to do that. Now, if it's, I go to, you know, a concentration camp and I eat, you know, slop and, you know, my kids have to eat slop and slave in a concentration camp. That's different. Of, hey, you can keep your nice home. Your kids get to go to school, Xboxes and all that, or I'm going to shoot you and take your shit anyway. Because the consequences of not standing up 
are not dire enough. It takes dire consequences of not standing up. Something that like that what happened during World War II in Russia and Germany and places like that. We're never going to get to those dire consequences, at least not in our lifetime. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the way the question, I, I think you're right on that. I mean, I know that I'm willing to like fight to the death um, and I might, you know, I might be a little I might. Yeah, I, you know that. But I, I know that I'm not willing to watch my kids die. That's the future. You know, I, I that future has to get continued. The only thing the only thing that's going to push me for all of us to risk our lives like that, if I know that if we give up, if we comply, that there is no future. So I always ask people, like, what if the president came on TV tomorrow? I've asked Lola this and I'll tell you what her answer is. You know, what if the, TV, the president came on TV tomorrow and says, guess what? There are aliens. They're our overlords. They run shit now. And on top of that, they came to Earth because they need food and their food is our children. You know, what would you do? You know, I mean, are you going to like go go to your job tomorrow or go about your regular business? You know, or are you going to go, OK, uh, that's not going to happen. You know, like who yeah. who's, well, who has to give up their children and all that, you know, you're presenting a dire circumstance, though. And right. I don't think that that's a circumstance that's going to happen. I think. It's well, if, if, if it was the flip, if I said, like, OK, there's aliens, but they don't really want anything from us. They just want to be our bosses. People will probably go to work the next day. What if they said they don't really want anything, but you got to nothing in your life changes, but you got to turn over all your guns. But we promise. And I mean, when you really believed them, you were still going to get the rest of your freedoms. You're going to get to travel and have your homes and your jobs and your kids are going to get to go to school and have good, productive lives. in. If you don't turn your guns in, we're going to shoot all of you. Yeah. Well, if they, yeah, if they come, right. If they, if they come to me and and they want my guns, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll get some guns. They might, you know, I'm going to still try to resist. There's no way, because at the end, that means this is the end of freedom. I really believe this. When people take away your guns, the, the, the next thing is the end of freedom. Somewhere along the line, it's the end of freedom. However, I do believe in like live to fight another day. So if there is another day, I'm going to live to fight another day in, in, in some different way and figure out how to get back. But there is when people come to the point where they start taking away your guns, then your freedom is going behind that. Agreed. I agree with that. Yeah. I so, so, I mean, I don't know, man. It's yeah. You know, if it came down to them threatening my life and the lives of my family, I think what I would have to do is I would have to probably move out of my house so that I that my my choices didn't affect necessarily directly my family. No, no, no. You're responsible for them. We're coming for your shit. You don't give us your guns. We're killing you and your family. Or you can give us your guns and everything stays just exactly like it is today, except you, can, you don't get to have your guns. That's the choice. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand what you I understand what you're saying, Derek. Here's the thing. Like, I've had this nightmare. This is the thing that brought me to guns. I used to have these this night, these nightmares for some reason, like right before um, I'm going to say this is like around 2006 or seven or eight. Right before that, we had this crash, like something, you know, just kept telling me, like, who, who's going to save you? You know, and I kept thinking about like I would I would my dreams would be I was in this apocalyptic world and I'm trying to find Lola, trying to find the boys, you know. And so for me, I'm the one thing I'm not giving up is my children. I'm not separating from them. Yeah. You know, no matter what, whatever our fate is, it's going to be our fate 
together, but I, I don't want to create a situation where they die for no reason when I could, obviously, I could do some things, you know, I could figure out some way of getting, like if right now I could solve that situation, Mark's, Mark's, he's thrown this scenario at me before, you know, and the truth of it is, is if you could survive this and then maybe get together with, with people who think like you, you guys can like find some things that you buried, you know, find a way of getting another, uh, uh, getting at another stash of weapons and stuff like that. And you could fight another day, but I'm not going to give them an opportunity to kill us right then and there. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a it's a terrible thing to think about. But I mean, this is what we're facing. And and you know what? The other side of it then is this. Then we're going to constantly have this drip, drip, drop and maybe even a flood of mothers and, and fathers and brothers and sisters and friends and girlfriends and all that that are going to see their friends get killed. If this is the future that we're going into and we're not going to do anything about it. You know, or if there's nothing that we can do. Well, I mean, obviously yeah. my scenario is way out there, but I just, well, I'm just using it so people can understand what it really means when they say they're not getting my shit. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, yeah, my no, I understand is, that. But but what I'm referring to here is what Derek said earlier, you know, that we're we're really I, I think it was Derek. I don't know. It could have been both of you or maybe it was you, Mark. But we're really going to get less and less of a quality of police officer going into the future just because of everything happening right and if we don't figure out a way to make that better we're going to yep. get less and less of a quality we're going to get people who should not be doing this job people who are terrified and scared and then and then people on the other side that they're supposed to be serving and protecting who are terrified and scared and we're going to have more like perfect storms and then and then more mothers like having to bury their sons and 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 watching you know people get away with it and what the hell is the money going to do for you you know i don't i don't I, I don't know any human being that's not a psycho that's going to say yeah i'll be happy to get a couple million dollars i mean obviously the guy the police officer got fired even though he wasn't um convicted he was fired um, um, probably no one's going to hire him, but it's possible, you know, someone else could hire him here. He, he probably know. doesn't even want to be an officer anymore. Let's be honest. I mean, would you want to even take the chance on going through this again? Well, I, 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 one of my, my, one of my cousins posted something on Facebook and, and it, they pretty much like painted the officer as a racial soldier. So what? Yeah. Who, who painted him as a racial soul? I, I, I forget what what website or what thing she shared, but they said that he got off and he was a, he was a, a racial soldier, meaning that he, like I guess he's Hispanic, right? And there's that mm -hmm. big movement in La Raza, which is the race, mm -hmm. in, uh, right? So I don't know if they're trying to connect him to that movement or what, but that's what they said. Yeah, so I'm trying to get this clear, like. In well, other words, to, to them, to them, it's a good thing, you know. So, in other words, there's like a, 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 you know, there's a group of Latinos who think that this is a good thing to do. I mean, I know that there were people saying that this police officer could not be racist because he was Latino and the guy he killed was black. I think that's bullshit. People have to stop saying that. I mean, we all know that like that there's there's like a scale, and we all know that Latinos. This is one of the things that like pisses me off when it comes to Trump. Because everyone's saying Trump is racist because he wants to build a wall, you know, and therefore he's like, you know, and, and, and Latinos, people think that, you know, they can't be racist again. We are all capable of racism. 
You know, we all have racism inside of us. Black people are racist to other black people. Latinos don't like black people. You know, there's Asians who don't like Latinos. I mean, uh, you know, this goes on and on, right? Like probably no one likes uh, black people. Like uh, when they when they do this test seriously, when they when they ask people of races where the rank, huh? Fuck you. I like black people. Yeah. But, you know, what I'm saying is like, you know, we're we're all capable of this. And the idea that, um, you know, that this guy couldn't be racist. This is what I saw. I didn't see the La Raza thing. But, you know, there's people saying, well, he can't be racist because he's Latino. And how can you be racist if you're Latino and you killed a black man? And that's bullshit. Well, that um, that thing that I was talking about, it come from a Facebook page called Stand On It Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the funny thing, the two things that we that we talked about, how all right, was it? Did we talk about it this time or, or last time? Something about uh, how how uh, the black community is is in defense of Bill Cosby and right. what yeah. he did, right? And the, and that's one of the things on there that's on the Facebook page. But this one says, Fido Castile's mother didn't allow the media to pressure into talking the imaginary moral high road after the race soldier, Geronimo Yenez, uh, was acquitted of all charges for the murder of her son, Mr. Castile. Yeah, but I'm at a loss of what, like, are they saying race soldier that they think it's a good thing? You know, they I, think I, what he did was a bad thing. I don't I still don't. I'm still confused on what it means the, for him to be a race soldier. I think that the the this Facebook page, whoever wrote this article, this little post here, they mm-hmm. think that the Hispanic guy was a race soldier, meaning that he oh, he's a racist and he wanted to kill him because he was black. That's what I get from it. OK, right. They're not saying it was good. They're saying it was a bad. That yeah. He wanted to do it was okay yeah okay they're saying they're saying that it was racially motivated and the this bad guy wanted to kill the kill the uh kill the black guy um you know i mean i don't know the, the, here's the problem with us having access to what's in someone's heart right i mean unless we go back and find information where this guy alliterated that he is a racist and doesn't like black people which is possible and exists out there i'm not saying it's impossible i think it's it's highly possible. I just try to avoid those things unless I know for myself, like I saw something from this person or from someone who I really believe tells me this, or I hear it myself that, you know, this person did it for a reason. And I think like, you know, there's a cop, there's comments out there, like, you know, asking us about what about the, the, the people, the activists that hate the police and go out there and do everything to create problems with them. And, you know, the people out there that every time something happens, they say this is definitely what it was. You know, I don't think that you can discredit the people who say that race might play a part to this. Oh, I, I think race plays a, 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 a part in it most definitely, especially like that, that one case with the woman shooting the guy that was three times her size. I think she saw a big black dude and... Right immediately got intimidated i mean yeah the ra- i mean the race is I'm, I'm not being racist in the slightest but each race has its strengths and weaknesses right you got the the pacific islanders their bones are the most dense they're pretty freaking strong they make really good linebackers right for the nfl uh 
Africans. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I don't believe in that thing where it says like everyone's created equal. I don't believe everyone's created equal. I believe we should all be equal in the eyes of the law. You know, I believe in that, that, you know, that we should be equal in that aspect. But I don't think we're all created equal and we have good things and bad things. You know, I think like uh, when I was talking about, like, for example, there's some people that shouldn't be cops. And and, and in a lot of cases, I think that, you know, it's a a very difficult job for women to do. Um, But that doesn't mean that I think less of women. I think I I think more of women. I think women are amazing. You know, that's those are the only people right now that can create children. You know, and there's lots of amazing creative things or, or you know, naturally things that where they're more awesome than men. Let's put it that way. But then there's things that, that us as men, even without the training, if you just put, you know, one to one, just as men, we have advantages over. I mean, if you look at the did you guys see this thing that happened at the White House where a guy jumped over the White House fence? I believe this was under the Obama administration. He jumped over the White House fence, rushed the White House, got past people. And at the door, there was a female um, Secret Service agent and he rushed her and got and got, you know, got into the White House. Now, maybe this was a case of what you're saying. When she saw that guy running across the, the White House lawn, I think this guy wanted to commit suicide by cop. And for some reason, it's the opposite of what we're saying. She did not react and did not shoot this guy, you know. And then when he caught up to to her, you know, he was able to force his way right past her and get into the White House, you know, and this is a Secret Service agent. Well, I mean, there's lots of things that went wrong there. Probably she should have drawn her gun, aimed at him, taken a couple of shots if she was doing what she was supposed to do. But definitely if she let him get that far thinking that she was going to be able to stop him, she wasn't. I can see you want to talk about this, Mark. Well, I just don't think either one of us knows what the fuck happened. I mean, I think we got a media report, but we have no idea if, you know, yes, she was on post where he came through, but we don't know if she saw him and decided not to do anything. We don't know if he snuck by her. I mean, I I just don't want to comment on anything that I don't have the facts on. Okay. That's all. Okay. I understand that. So, I mean, you know. I, I think there should be women cops. There are things, you know, we have female offenders. And there are things that women officers need to be present for. Uh, so I don't agree that there should, that, that women should not be cops. Uh, I know lots of level-headed women um, that, that would make fine officers. I do think that they're all, that, that they're not equal. Um, you know, there's a big difference between a 150 pound woman and a 150 pound man. The 150 pound man just has denser bones and bigger muscle mass. And on, on average, obviously, uh, so there are obvious differences. And I think that that should be taken into account in the training, in the partnerships and in the assignments that they get. Now, if a woman wants to go out on an assignment on a tough assignment for, a, for, for a, a, a law enforcement agency, that's the quals and everything necessary. I don't have a problem with that, but I also think that she should be partnered in a group or with people that, her strengths come through and her weaknesses are covered by their strengths and vice versa. So, I mean, I, I, I I don't, yeah. Okay. I I mean, I, I, right. I, I see your point, but then, okay. How do we do that? I mean, how do we do that without lawsuits? 
you know, uh, well, what do we, we do well, here? Wait a minute now, hang on. I, I just said how I thought it should be. I didn't say it was right. <laughs> able to be that way. Listen, it's the same thing with women in combat. I think women definitely should be in combat in specific roles. I mean, it's been proven throughout time, and it's being proven right now in the fight against ISIS that women in combat are super fucking effective. So I think uh, what 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 job what what combat? Uh, well, sniper for one. What? Sniper. They can't. They can't do that. Okay, I don't agree with that at all. Throughout no, history, no, like, like they can't do that um, in the our, military. Yeah, how many female snipers do we have in our military? Zero. Yeah, in our military, there is zero female snipers. No, I understand that. In our military, we're not talking about women in combat in our military. We're just talking about. Oh, women in oh, I see. In- Oh yeah, you got the Russian snipers and all that stuff. I I know yeah, I know yeah. history, but well, there's Palestinian, uh, not Palestinian, um, uh, Israeli, Israeli. No, no. Well, there's also, no, that, there's... but there's also um, right now there are women uh, freedom fighters right now in. Um, uh, oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. Uh, well, I know the, 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 the real cute ones over there in Syria. Yes, that are fighting ISIS right now and and have been a. You know, I mean. In the multiple, you, you don't think of confirmed kills. So I'm just saying, I think that they that they that they can be effective if the specific role is proper for them. Now, if someone's got to kick in a door, the actual physical kicking in a door, or has to have a ram that weighs more than she does or half what she does, that's not the position for her. I, I completely understand that, but I do believe that they can have roles in which they are as effective, if not more effective, than their male counterparts. Right. Well, I know that they're arming women. Uh, I, I don't know if you're going to get a chance to remember what you wanted to talk about, but I know they're arming women in Nigeria, for example, with the situation that's going on there with Boko Haram, where you know the Boko Haram is kidnapping all these girls and uh, for, for religious reasons and all that kind of stuff, you know, this thing that you can't guard these women, you know, under certain circumstances and, and the women could do that. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think that like in a lot of cases, there, there's situations where they could be better. I think Lola's better than me in a lot of situations. And in, in certain shooting situations, she's also better than me. I would totally agree with that. But, you know, but we're talking about like an overall situation here. Well, no, that's not not, what you said. You made a blanket statement that women shouldn't be cops. And I don't think that's I don't think that's a very smart statement. I don't think you thought it out very well. If you just made a blanket statement that there's no law enforcement position or job that's good for a female. I think that's ridiculous to even say well okay i mean if if that's the way that it came across i think i could i could accept that i mean what i'm asking the question is it should it's you know i'm asking the question like you know should we should here's the question i'm here's okay so i'm trying to ask this question you know should we should we say that not everyone could do a job so let's put it that way you know there's specific jobs then if that's you know, if that makes it more clear that we should say that not everyone could do this and we have to make sure that the people doing these jobs can do them in general. And then even when people are doing things that specifically they could do those jobs because we ha- we have that problem in a lot of places. I've seen like fire departments where when they go to hire, you know, it's got nothing to do with how well you did on the test. They have to hire so many white guys and then so many black guys. 
you know, yeah, uh, and, and they have to hire so many women, you know, I mean, that's a that I think is a problem that we have. And we shouldn't just say like, OK, if, you know, there's this equality thing and everyone should get this job. And then since it's not since we see that it's not happening, we're going to force it to I, happen. I, no, I agree with you 100 percent. But you basically went exactly and did exactly what they did in the opposite mm-hmm. direction. They basically said, well, it doesn't matter. We have to have a certain amount of women whether they can do the job or not. Mm-hmm. Fuck no women, whether they can do the job or not. So you're just as bad as they are with the statement you made. Right. Okay. I understand. I mean, if 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 they came across that way, I mean, I'm not I'm not excusing myself if it came across that way. If it Wait if it came if if I said it like that, if I said it like that and it came out like that, then I'm wrong. But what I mean is that we, you know, you can't do every job. Like, you know, there's not every job that there's there's certain people, not even let's just take it away from women. There's certain individuals that just shouldn't do certain jobs. There's just a way that they that people react under stress. I, I can you know? I agree with that. I, I, I completely agree with that. It's just you that made the blanket statement. You right, right. Okay, yes, you're right. That was a that was a that was a blanket statement, but maybe you know, for me it's a blanket statement because I'm saying like um, in general, if you look at stuff, okay, blanket statement. In general, if you look at things, men react to, stre- to stress different from women, but it's different kinds of stress, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and men take risks in totally different ways than women do. So this is, you know, this is some of the stuff that's going on. I mean, there are police officers out there many times over. It doesn't hit the news because, you know, it wasn't, you know, if it bleeds, it, it leads. But there's lots of police officers that have come across guys who've been armed or even doing like the wrong thing and didn't wind up killing them and still were able to like, you know, resolve those situations. And they didn't immediately go into panic mode, you know. So right. I, I, they had additional tools at hand that she didn't have, physical right. tools available to them that she didn't have she had to solve the problem in a way that was that you're exactly right had it been a man a big but it might even have to be a big man what if it was a 150 pound man you know what i mean and i'm not you know what if it was we you and i both know a small police officer what if it had been that particular small male police officer he could not handle a 300 pound dude no way like me there's no way he could handle me he especially couldn't handle me if i was freaked out on pcp or anything like that so mm-hmm. you know once again you can't make a blanket statement i mean I, you know do all cops need to be 6 225 ripped up maybe so i don't know the answer to that uh yeah i don't know either i mean this this, this is the thing i mean do we go to robo cops and i think i think my answer to that is that we can't afford it if we can't if we can't afford to train police officers, we can't afford robocops. Human beings are way cheaper and it's it's way easier. That's why we have this situation. It's way easier to just drop people in there. And then because of all the equality laws go, yeah, everyone's got to get this job. And it's, yeah, and it's really, way cheaper to just let people die then. They're really not cheaper, actually. Um, by the time you, you calculate a 25-year career with everything that you have to provide for them, with uh, retirement and health insurance and um, salaries and training and all of that, I think the RoboCop would be cheaper. Maybe not today, but in the next 10 or 15 years, we have so much automation coming down the pipe. I think, I think you're right. I think that is where it's going. Plus OCP was a pretty big uh, corporation at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if any, I, I know everyone, every single person here and a lot of people watching this are nerds. 
probably, or at least it's a sci-fi, and we've all seen RoboCop. Well, that didn't go right because people could hack it. You know, um, you have software issues, right? So what happens then? You know, I think it's the same kind of thing. I think some of these things with people are like the wrong hardware in terms of people or the wrong people. And then it's the wrong software in, in terms of like some people are, ju- people are just wired wrong. You choose. You choose right now. Let's go back to the day you were pulled over. So you're in your car. You're driving by. Who do you want there? The assholes that pulled you over or a robot cop that's not prejudiced in any way? that has an algorithm that runs your plate, sees that you've never committed a crime, you're not wanted for anything, and doesn't... Well, then, okay, here, uh, before I answer that, I would ask you, is that robot programmed, like, if I go for my wallet to shoot me? Of course not. <laughs> because yeah. here, here's why he's not programmed to shoot you if you go for your wallet. Right. He's in no mortal danger. Yeah. Even if you draw a gun, he doesn't have to be necessarily. Yeah, but hold on a second. I mean, if this robot is 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 property and costs money, and people say, "Well, we don't want people shooting the robots." Nope, that's not. But how they it can fix it. That's yeah, they can fix it. That's not how it'll go. The you only- think so? You think so that that's the way that it'll go? That we won't? That we'll like not want people out there shooting, shooting at the robots? No, right? Because here's what will happen: it will only okay. have directive to do lethal damage to you to prevent lethal damage to another human. Okay. So you're saying we're going to give them, um, I'm trying to think of who the, the science fiction writer is. We're going to give them the three prime directives. <laughs> you know, from iRobot. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm going to look, I, I don't know. That's I, I can't, I honestly, I'm like, I'm worried about that, you know, because, um, I'll You'll take the robot? Okay, what about you, Derek? What will you take? I think I'll take a human. Yeah, I, I'm I'm worried about that. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to invite people to comment on this. I don't know, you know, oh, what would you rather take? But, but people say I'm, the robot wouldn't pull you over after running your plates. Right, I, that's what yeah. I'm saying. And I know I'm going to be in the minority because I can already hear just like what Derek said. Well, you know, YouTube's algorithm changes all the time. And, you know, you get the blue screen <laughs> with Microsoft all the time. With Max, Yeah, that's a robot for sure. The, the twirling YouTube. pinwheel and all this other stuff. But think about how much interface you have every day with electronics. Thousands and thousands and thousands of hundreds of millions of commands every day in just one of our lives. And 99.9999% of it goes off without a hitch. Think about how much you have interaction with humans that can't get along. And they're people that are supposed to be on your side. Other gun lovers and other gun guys. We can't even get along amongst ourselves. I'm going to pass. Well, because, I mean, with a human being, what you're going up against with a human being is, you know, his wife could be divorcing him. She could be banging some other guy. You know, he just had a bad day. You know, he stubbed his toe, whatever it is, you know, um, there's so many things. Doesn't like mohawks. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's you know what? I don't know. I I would I'm still going to say that that I don't know. But at the same time, I'm going to agree with you that we are moving in that direction. You know, and it's going to probably become a reality because. I mean, look, we've talked about this now. I don't know if we talked about this for two hours or whatever. I'm still frustrated. You know, I'm sure people are still frustrated out there. And I don't think we have any answer. That's because there's 
one. It's part of the condition too. There's not a solution to the problem. You know, humans are also programmed to, to, to do harm to themselves. I mean, just look over the, you know, the recorded history of time, you know, we always fuck everything up that we get involved in and all, you know what I mean? It, It just, it's just human nature, you know what I mean? Uh, and not all of us, but some elements of us. So then, so then if you keep following that line that you're saying, so even our ultimate evolution is becoming robots then. I well, believe- I think, yeah, I think the singularity is going to happen before we have actual robot policemen. So what do you mean by the singularity? I, I think I have an idea, but just for people out there. When humans merge with technology, like instead of having a smartphone that you pull out of your pocket, it's already a part of your your interface, your your brain, like you see your screen in your eyes and stuff like that. So I think I think uh, the hybrid the hybridization of human humans will happen before we let robots. Right. And so like, you think that like the iPhone for like smartphones, for example, are just a gateway drug to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, oh, I, think sorry, the te- I think the technology, you're exactly correct. I'm just concerned that human rights groups and things like that will not allow the hybridization to happen in our lifetime. I agree. We're going to get to the singularity first. It, but it's just like, you know, uh, gene therapy and um, all of this other stuff that, you know, it's just like stem cells here in the United States and, and all of the things that could really be doing a lot of work. But it's fi- it's it's being fought at every corner because it's inhumane or it's not, reli- you know, it's against religious beliefs and so on and so forth. I mean, I um, think at the core, I'm worried about losing my humanity. You know, if I mean, that's truly probably going to be like being a zombie. Right. You know, where someone could flip a switch. And if you're mad or you don't like something that's going on and you want to do something about it, they go flip a switch and all of a sudden you're passive. Yeah, the, I, I when it comes to singularity, I I think it'd be cool and everything. But a big part of me like goes is, is really wary of it. Because like with even today with smartphones, it's a lot of convenience in a little smartphone right now, right? But mm-hmm. a free app that you got from whatever the Play Store or iTunes, that free app is actually selling your information. It's you know it, it has so many permissions. It's just a, a flashlight app, but it has permissions to to access all the information on your phone. Yeah, so it's already taken away your humanity. You just don't know it. Yeah, that's why we're getting, I mean, uh, phones, computers, they're, they're listening to our conversation right now. And if we were to mention some type of product that we wanted to buy or we're interested in, the next day or maybe a couple hours later, if you're still on the internet, it'll a little ad will show up on Facebook. Like, hey, well, I just talked yeah. about that. Let me go check yeah. it out. Yeah. And Hank, you said you're afraid of losing your humanity. What if you want to be angry about something? Well, they're not going to flip the switch on just you being angry, but they might if you tried to do something. The problem is you're already there. It's an illusion. If you think you have any control over that right now, you're wrong because control is a complete and total illusion. Go ahead and try to do something about it and see what happens to you. Right. Yeah. Any, any, not, I mean, you know, any, <laughs> they're going to shut you down right now. And there's not, there's very little, if anything, you can do about it. In reality, now everybody thinks they're tough, and you know. Yeah, yeah I'm only, you're, you're only going to get so far. I mean, you know. 
Yeah, as one as one person, you can only get so far. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 worried about it because like, who watches the Watchers? You know, that's the thing that my individuality is what I worry about in that. Well, I mean, you know, my perspective. To... You know, my perspective, seeing things in my eyes, is what I I worry about becoming part of like the hive mind. Yeah, that's that. Like when when you say who's going to watch the Watchers, that that's kind of like one of the big things with the NSA. The NSA, you know they subcontract a lot of their stuff out and there might be someone who's mad at their ex-girlfriend who works for that subcontractor who has a TS clearance and like, like a Snowden and he has access to all of his ex's communication and they can yeah. pretty much stalk him from there. So you're right. You know, there are abuses. I mean, it's already happened with Uber. Yeah. It's already happened with Uber and a whole bunch of different things. All right. You know, um, Lola's giving me the sign to, to uh, wrap this up. I, I want to thank you guys for coming on, Mark. You know, I really appreciate it, man. You really are my brother. I love you because you you always you do always have my back. Always. I know that for sure. And, and here's one thing, you know, how do we know we're not already in the matrix? All this shit we're talking about. <laughs> you you got to hit us with one more before you go. <laughs> yeah, there's like uh, uh, something out of some billion chance that we are not in a simulation right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you believe in metaphysics, the truth is this could all be a dream, you know. Yep. Yeah, so it's uh, you know, and and I don't even want to get into the Matrix because a, bla- a black woman came, a black woman invented the Matrix, and it was stolen from her. So let's not get. I'm gonna get a whole bunch of people mad about that, but look it up. Oh it's yeah, she true. Came, you know, with the Matrix, the Matrix and the Terminator, and the ter- yeah, Matrix and Terminator are the same world. Yeah, same world. Yeah, same universe. Derek, you know, uh, same thing goes for you, man. You know, you've always like. Uh, you know, you've always had my back for a long time. I don't know if people know that, but I appreciate it because I know there's like a lot of people that wouldn't necessarily want to get into these kinds of conversations and put it out there for the record. I love it. I, I do it all the time. Like the, the, it's practically the only reason why I really post on my personal page on Facebook is I'll see someone saying something stupid or what, what I think is stupid. And I just say, like, eh, actually, you know. It's this, or have you stepped back and looked at it objectively before you put your emotions into it? Yeah. You know what? Maybe that's how we change things. If we, if we change anything at all from having the conversation, I mean, that happens with Mark and I all the time. We have like, people think we're fighting if they listen to it. Like we travel and we go to different shows and we're in hotel rooms. And I swear that people like these dudes are in there (laughs) fighting, you know, but we're, we're like brothers and we argue, but it's because we know how to argue. And I'm always trying to tell people that like know how to argue and be respectful and let people, you know, make their points and counterpoints and be open to think and question, you know, don't be dogmatic to yeah, everything. Hey, I want you to make a decision for yourself. I don't want you to just pick the side that I'm on just because I've convinced yeah. you. I want you to make that decision for yourself. And if it's opposite of what I feel like, man, we'll just go on doing our own thing. It's cool. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't want to. That's what sets you apart, man. I wish there I wish there was more people like you two guys. And I just want to thank you for uh, coming out. And before I'm going to stop this and then and then we'll talk a little bit before we go. I want to thank everyone that's been watching this and uh, commenting. And I, and I want to say I do know there's police officers out there, men and women. And so I'm sure I've said some things in here that have set people off. And I do invite you to get in touch with me and uh, and I will give you a platform to come on. And, you know, and, and speak your piece and all that kind of stuff. I'm really that kind of person. I'm, I'm you know, I'm interested in, in the uh, in finding ultimately the truth moreover than being right. 
So I, I do invite you guys to uh, come on. I'm Hank Strange at Gmail and I'm on social media and stuff like that. Reach out to me if you want to do it. I'm going to end this broadcast now. And, uh, you know, this is a really tough thing, man. And my heart goes out to people out there. And if you're really angry about this, don't go out and, and, and make this problem worse. There are things that we can do about it. And it starts with talking about it. So I'm Hank Strange. Peace out.